Amin Reina here from Sage Investors, and I'm here to do a quick mind map analysis of Electronic Arts, ticker symbol uh, EA. Uh, this uh, video is also available in podcast format, which you can uh, download from my website, sageinvestors.ca, or you can hit me through the Apple Podcast portal. Just do a search for Sage Investors, and you can find uh, this podcast as well as many other podcasts from my Stock Talk uh, investment uh, podcast series. So one of the things I've been really interested in the last while that's really piqued my attention in terms of looking for companies to invest in is this whole um, e-sports side of it. And uh, it's, it's, it's become a thing. And uh, there seems to be a few companies, I was looking for a few companies, a few stocks that are kind of players in this whole space and decided to take a look at them. Um, one of that I've done and I did in a previous uh, episode is Activision Blizzard. Uh, so you can check that out in on my website. And also, I thought I'd do Electronic Arts and I thought I'd also do uh, another company, Take-Two Interactive. So today I'm gonna just take a look at uh, EA. Uh, Usually every time I'm looking at a company or I'm analyzing a stock, there's always a series of questions that I have to ask, that I try to ask, um, which I hope um, will give me a little bit of clarity and a bit of a better idea of whether the company is a really sound business and whether the company is truly strong from a financial perspective and also ultimately whether a company is, is worthy of an investment at its current price point, whether the stock is cheap or expensive. So what I'm gonna do essentially is walk through these questions that I ask. Every time I look at a company, I ask these same questions. And, uh, and let's see where it goes. So first question I always ask uh, anytime I look at a company is, um, what do they do? What do they sell? Um, what is their value proposition? What makes them unique? Uh, compared to other similar type companies that may be selling a similar type of product or service. So in the case of EA, Electronic Arts, uh, their thing is uh, essentially what they do is they, they, they make video games. They, uh, they uh, are among the uh, big players out there in the design and distribution of video games. And in their particular area of specialty in terms of the whole video game space is is, quit, is, is in the sports side of it. Um, you might have heard of games such as uh, John Madden Football, Madden NFL, uh, the FIFA series, the FIFA franchises, all the basic professional sports out there they have a game associated with. So you know you got the NBA, you got the NHL, um, there's also golf, those are their big, their big, um, big players and the big sellers. Uh, traditionally, the way they've distributed their their video games is is through the whole console format, through the Xboxes, the Playstations of the world, and uh, that's been traditionally how uh, companies like EA have uh, have sold their, their 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 video games through through the console format. But there's been a bit of a, a change now. A major change in how how this whole distribution side of it, and now it's become more of an on. It's really truly from an online perspective, um, where they sell subscriptions. You can buy subscriptions, and they also offer sort of a reward-based system, um, 
where they incentivize people to um, put more money down, to get more features, get more uh, access to different unique features in the game that they may not normally get. And so we've seen them, the companies like EA have kind of transitioned away from the traditional selling of DVDs to now selling almost streaming, the whole streaming subscription-based kind of model, um, similar to companies like you would think like Netflix. Um, and uh, even Microsoft now has a subscription-based model for all their software. Yeah, video games is, is following a similar path. The other area that the companies um, is transitioning towards and making really, really, and this is what really drew me into this, uh, looking at companies like EA, uh, is this whole esports phenomenon that, that is just sprouting like, like crazy. And I, I really never realized how huge this is. And I'm going to get into it in a little bit in a second. But I just want to say right now, in terms of just defining what the company is, like Electronic Arts, they sell sports-oriented video games. Um, they also have another game actually called Battlefield, which is also very popular. It's been a core um, product for them um, in that side of it. So they make video games, uh, plain and simple. So who do they compete with? Are they the only companies out there that make video games? Far from it. There's, as I said, I've alluded to before, uh, other, the other big players in this space are uh, Activision Blizzard. They make the, uh, um, they're really big in the eSports side of it. Um, the Overwatch series, if you heard about the Overwatch League, um, huge, huge area. Uh, Tencent is really uh, a big player, especially in terms of online and mobile. They're a really big deal, especially in, in and they really have their, their, their influence in the Asian market. Uh, then also Take-Two Interactive. They make the uh, Grand Theft Auto, um, which is another really hugely popular game. Um, so those are kind of your big players in the in the in the space, and so it's a very competitive area. It's almost like in, in just like in, um, any other entertainment space. There's a great deal of competition. There's a uh, for for popular titles. The goal is to you know just like in the movie industry, you know the job is to come up with the the next big blockbuster. You're only as good as your last blockbuster. Video games are very much in the same way. Um, um, it's about you know carrying, hitting, hitting the home run and hitting games, putting games out there that are really popular with a critical mass of people that are going to be very loyal to it. And this feeds into the, the third question that I always ask is, who buys their product? Who are the, com who are the customers? Who are the people that buy, uh, would buy an EA, sport, uh, an EA video game? And when you look at some of the stat, look at the breakdown of it, they're, they skew obviously to the younger side. Video games are bigger with the younger crowd. Uh, millennials are obviously a big target, but I would also say I think older, older. I think they would also skew higher, maybe into the Gen X age, even as high as the Gen X side of it, because of the sports impact of it. Um, like Madden football has been, which is one of their cornerstone uh, games, has been around forever, and I, I'm sure a lot. You know, I picked up. I started playing Madden when I was in my like. Um, mid 20s, like now I'm in my 40s, so it's been around for a while. So I think there's a there's a lot of following for some of these games uh, from an older crowd of it. Uh, what's unique about this group also is this is a group of people that are also grown up very connected. They're very they've been you know experienced the whole internet phenomenon and the con connectivity phenomenon. They've been always a, a connected group of customers, and this feeds 
very much into this whole esports game because now you can play games not just necessarily physically in your own home you can play against other people in any part of the world and this is fed into this whole um, phenomenon of this esports uh, esports you know leagues out there there's leagues there's contests and there's big money and there's a lot of people that are really into it and I'm just gonna throw some numbers at it just to give you a context about how big this this set the space is getting they say in 2018, um, esports-oriented revenues are going to come in almost at a billion dollars, and it's growing at a very exponential rate. It's estimated that there's 380 million people out there that are actually um, users or watchers of esports. So chances are, there's people out there. There's a ton of people out there that watch people, other people playing video games. And chances are they're watching other people playing video games. They're playing those video games themselves. So it feeds into this whole um, area of people watching video games and competing in esports leagues. But then, obviously, they're being big-time consumers of the media and the content that is being cre created from these things. They're, um, you know, uh, like Madden football, for example. There's there's leagues out there. There's contests out there. Um, where people just compete each other against Madden football. There's tournaments out there, and the winners get pretty good chunks of cash um, uh, out of it. So it's very, it's becoming a very lucrative um, space in that sense. And I talked about audiences, uh, just to give you a sense of some of the audiences, the, the size of the audiences uh, that that watch people play video games, it's estimated the audience sizes, you know, I said there's 380 million users on average are watching video game, people playing video games. That's almost three times the size of the audience I would watch a Major League Baseball, uh, baseball games. It's five times the amount of people who watch the Super Bowl. When we all know Super Bowl is such a big deal. Um, and it actually has five times the amount of people uh, five times the amount of people that have Netflix, like Netflix uh, subscribers, they have five times more, five times more people watch esports than are actually net subscribers of Netflix. So this is like a big deal. Um, I didn't realize this. I really didn't realize it and started still, I still started to see some of the demographics and some of the numbers behind this. Um, Asia, it's a really big deal in Asia. Um, so this is a big deal, and it's it's such a big deal that Amazon um, bought up a company called Twitch, and they just essentially just stream um, video games. They stream tournaments, competitions, leagues, and uh, have built up quite a cult following. And so, what's happening though is this cult following is actually becoming much more mainstream. Uh, companies. Uh, major networks now are starting to get into broadcasting esports and for example ESPN just did a deal to acquire the rights to uh, for the Overwatch the Overwatch League which is a hugely popular league that uh, Activision um, is is a forefront uh, around it so <clears throat> big population there's a big market for this and it's a growing market and uh, and, and it's a growing market led by people that are very connected and are willing to watch this stuff. And, and if they're going to watch it, they're going to consume the product as, as, as it is in itself. So the question is, okay, these are the group of people, but the question is, 
that I always, you have to ask is, okay, these are the customers that are going to buy their product, but um, are they just going to buy it once and then you know forget about it, or are they going to be recurring, loyal, repeat customers? Because as investors, we want to see that recurring transaction nature occur because that means that's more consistent cash flow coming into the business, which is going to make the company you know much more viable and potentially much more profitable and valuable to own. So the whole um, so when we look at it, given the fact that um, the companies now are transitioning more away from the for, sort of the hard hard copy CD f distribution format to a more subscription-based and rewards-based kind of uh, distribution model, um, it makes companies it makes uh, companies like EA's uh, uh, revenue stream, uh, cash flow stream, more sticky and more predictable and uh, and uh, ultimately it's going to create more loyalty uh, there's a, a loyalty factor and uh, chances are going to come back and buy more products and things over and over again and so the question is will these people come back and buy EA's products over and over again and to me it looks like a, a resounding yes that they would come back um, so we kind of have an idea a little bit of what they do we know who their competitive base is a very competitive market it's in a space that's clearly in a very growing market and has a very critical mass of people who are willing to um, consume the product and buy it over and over and over again so that, these are all good things we want to see as an investor but at the end of the day um, companies are only as good as their profitability uh, and so that leads to the one of the key questions you got to ask yourself as an investor is is does EA make money? Do they actually make money? Do they create tangible wealth for their shareholders? So for me, one of the core metrics that I like to look at to, that kind of answers this question of whether the company makes money is looking at a company's return on invested, it's looking at a company's economic profit, which is taking the difference between their return on invested capital and their uh, weighted average cost of capital. So when I looked at um, EA, their return on invested capital over the last three years has ranged between 40 and 67 percent, which is amazing. It's incredibly high and incredibly strong. And when you compare that to the company's cost of capital, which comes in about 10 percent, this is a company that's creating um, serious economic profit, which as investors we want to see because companies that can generate consistently high economic profit are valuable companies and markets will put premiums on their share prices. So looking, as I said, this company has been transitioning away from their console format to more of a subscription format and it's it's well on its way in its transition. I was looking at some of their numbers and it looks right now almost 70% of their sales now comes from the online side of it, the subscription side, the uh, licensing side of it. So this is very much a company that has made that switch and made that transition. So, you know, 70, 40 to 60% uh, returns on invested capital this is a pretty much a hyper growth company. It's a, you know, given the nature of the space and the emergence of esports, it's very much a, a really crazy growth company. It's really in a, on an upswing right now. So that's good. That's a good thing to see. Now, but the next thing we need to also understand 
And the next question I asked myself is, okay, that's great, they're making tangible profit, um, but is this company financially strong? Is, is this company gonna go out of business in like six months? Uh, what's their financial situation like? And to do that, we need to just drill into the company's balance sheet. And when I look at a company's balance sheet, there's usually three areas I, I, I focus on. Uh, one is their liquidity, the amount of cash position that they have, um, their ability to meet their short-term obligations. I look at their debt levels, and then I look at the quality of the company's assets. What percentage of goodwill or intangible assets make up their total capital base? So when I looked at the company's EA's uh, liquidity, their current ratio, which is the ratio of current assets to current liabilities, is just over 2.5. So they have 2.5 times current assets versus current liabilities. So they have more than enough liquidity to to sustain themselves on a, on a day-to-day kind of basis. So that's kind of cool to see, but we want to see that. Um, if you look at the company's cash position, the company has about 4.5 billion in cash. And that's, when you look at the company's long-term debt, they only have about 990 million in long-term debt. So this is a company right now that has more than enough cash in the bank that if they just wanted to retire all their debt tomorrow, they could do it like in their sleep and have a lot left over. So to me, that's a really huge factor that I look for in businesses is, is the liquidity level and uh, the debt level. Um, if you look at their debt to equity ratio, it comes in at about 0.25, which again is, is pretty manageable and pretty reasonable. And given the fact that the company is generating so much excess cash, that's a good thing. Um, when I looked at the quality of the company's assets, their goodwill, the amount of goodwill in the balance sheet represents about 22% of total assets, which to me is a little bit high. I like companies that are at least at the most 20%. So this is kind of okay, but it could be better. Um, so from that side of it, uh, it's I can live with it. I can live with it knowing for the fact that the company has more than enough cash on this balance sheet. So the quality of that company's assets, I would say, is, is pretty solid. Um, so that's the balance sheet. So clearly right now it looks like the company from a financial perspective is creating tangible wealth. It's got a pretty strong balance sheet. So these are good things that we want to see in a business. But then we got to get ask ourselves some harder questions. And this really starts involving looking at the company's risks. What potentially out there in the lands, business landscape could impact, negatively impact uh, EA? Um, what could take this company down a few notches? And there's a few things that are out there that could that you need to be aware of if you're considering looking at a company like uh, Electronic Arts. First of all, as I said, I, I alluded to earlier. There's certain there's a certain um, you know we're dealing with a very it's almost an it's an entertainment company. And the thing about entertainment is people's tastes are very finicky. You know, what could be popular right now um, may not be popular six months from now. And so to me, there's a certain faddish, you know, right now when I'm looking at this whole eSports space, it's kind of reminds me in a way that's uh, similar to how, if you remember a few years ago, how poker was really a big deal. Um, you know, extreme sports, you know, those X Games stuff, that was a big deal. Like, I wonder, like, are we almost at a peak level here with that, so that's something you kind of have to weigh weigh into it, um, and it's just the so the fact of the matter is you're only as popular as your most recent games, and if you know people stop playing Madden football or not getting into uh, NBA football, NBA uh, the NBA game or the FIFA game, 
you know, it's they're very susceptible to those uh, the whims of people's personal tastes. So that's one element. Then there's also, you know, just basic economic factors too. There's economic, you know, sensitivity. You know, like playing video games is not you know a core staple that we need. Like we can live without video games, and so. Um, you know, the economy started tanking and people were losing their jobs and didn't have as much cash flow. Um, you know, people looking to save money. This is probably an area that people would be pretty, might it pretty easily, easy to cut down on some costs. And so potentially there's, uh, you know, the whole video game uh, entertainment kind of space is, is vulnerable to, to, to potential shocks that may happen in the overall economy. So there are risks. So this is, you know, the company's doing, you know, it's a growing space, but there are risks associated with it. So, so what we got here? We got a company. We, so we got a company here in EA Sports in, in a very growing space. Um, it's kind of the big player, in, especially in the sports side of things. Um, generates strong economic profit, tangible wealth, strong financial position. There are risks associated with so overall it seems like a pretty interesting company you got you know as long as you're okay with some of the potential risks around it it seems like it's a pretty okay an interesting company to want to get involved in so but that leads then to the final question that we ask as investors is okay this may be a really great business but is the stock cheap is it is this a good time to get into the stock or, or is it are we overpaying for the stock right now so couple of ways that you can kind of answer this question and one is to look at the company and compare it to other businesses out there and see if it's cheap on a, on a relative basis so when I looked at other similar um, video game companies um, they trade right now EA Sports is trading at a forward P ratio multiple of about 28 times which is pretty high um, other companies, it seems like other businesses out there, uh, similar companies are trading in a high, very high multiple at a forward-looking multiple. So it's expensive from a, on a relative basis compared to other companies. Um, if you look at it on a discounted cash flow per perspective, um, co models that I've seen out there have the company valued between $63 and $120. Uh, which seems like, oh, that's a pretty far range of range. The stock right now, as I'm looking at this right now, the stock is trading um, it's trading at $144. So clearly, um, if you're looking on a relative basis and on a discounted cash flow basis, this is an expensive stock. It's a really expensive stock. Um, and you can kind of see why it's in a very expensive stock in the sense that, you know, this is a company that's creating really huge uh, uh, levels of economic profit. It's a very strong, financially strong position, um, and it's an area that's been growing. So ultimately, you know, those are these are factors that feed into demands for stock. So people want to gravitate, I've been buying this stock up because they like what they see in, in their performance and, and the potential in it. So right now, if I were to look at it, I like all of this, but right now I don't like this because um, right now it looks like I'm overpaying um, for the company um, based on what it's worth right now. So right now, if you're asking me would I buy this company right now, I probably would say uh, no. Hold on. After looking at all of this, I would probably uh, not buy it. But 
I'm really intrigued by this whole business model and the potential of it that, you know what, I think I'm, I could see myself, um, but I'm going to watch it and see maybe if the stock fell down into the low hundreds, maybe I, that may be, maybe I might be uh, convinced to come in and buy some more and buy a small position. Um, Uh, if the price were to fall down. And so, so that's pretty much what I'm going to do. It's an interesting company, interesting space. Um, great company, but it's just the stock seems like really pricey for me right now. So essentially, I'm not going to buy it, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. And if it does pull back, if the broader market just decides to crap out and pull back, and the stock comes back and the fundamentals of the business still uh, remain intact and it's still generating really good performance, then, you know, hey, maybe I might buy in at a lower price point. So that's my analysis of Electronic Arts, ticker symbol EA. If you have any questions about this, you can check me out on my website, sageinvestors.ca. I have more information and more other videos and podcasts where I do these similar type of analysis. I have some information on my courses that I teach. I teach a series of online and in-person investing courses on both investing in individual stocks, as well as investing in ETFs. So you can check me out on my website, sageinvestors.ca. You can also follow me on Twitter. My handle is at sageinvestors. And also I'm in on Instagram. You can find me there uh, commenting about various market events and observations that I'm seeing. You can find me there at uh, Sage Investors Nation. That's on Instagram. And also I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can find my Facebook page on uh, through Sage Investors. Thanks again for listening again. This has been my uh, mind map analysis of electronic arts. Thanks for listening in. My name is Amin Reina from Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Cheers.